0: Hi everyone, my name is Dr Peter Finn of Kingston University and this is the COVID-19 and Democracy podcast. This is the third in a series of audio briefings based on policy papers that we are releasing under the guise of the COVID-19 and Democracy project. This brief, written by my colleague from Kingston University, Nevena Nancheva, focuses on the theme of migration and mobility within the EU. We hope you enjoy this audio briefing. EU Migration and Mobility The Impact of COVID 19, November 2021. Author Dr. Novena Nancheva. Forward Associate Professor Radu Simpoes. Series editor Dr. Peter Finn. Forward. The issue of migration and mobility in the European Union has consistently been one that brought to the fore the ambiguous nature of the EU institutional constructions and the blurred, overlapping and often competing inter- and supra-governmental dynamics. Naturally, the global COVID-19 pandemic has exposed these tensions not only in terms of how they shaped the EU response in the area of health, but also in terms of how the EU distinguishes between internal and external dimensions and between the movement of EU citizens, mobility on the one hand, and that of third country nationals, migration on the other. This important policy analysis picks up on these dimensions in a way that highlights the fact that despite the difference of mobility compared to migration, one unifying outcome is the fact that the pandemic revealed deep inequalities and exasperated the vulnerability of some categories of people who were already in a weak position. On the more positive side, novena Nancheva identifies the potential of the crisis coalesce the drive for more integration in the area of migration and mobility, which can reshape EU democratic processes and institutions. In terms of migration of third country nationals and of the issue of asylum, more specifically, the comparison with 2015 and the so-called refugee crisis is not superfluous. As Nancheva observed, the COVID-19 crisis, as was the case in 2015 as well, triggered a retreat to national interests with responses falling onto national governments. Apart from highlighting an absence of solidarity, the report finds that differentiated responses from member states resulted in several cases in the erosion and removal of the already feebly Feeble protections to the rights of asylum seekers, including bans on access by asylum seekers, closure of reception centres, suspension of procedures, etc. This often led vulnerable individuals in conditions of high risk and destitution. On the other hand, the EU articulated a collective external response in providing financial support to near and far neighbours and partners. That being said, as Nancheva observes, this response should be interpreted as a migration management tool rather than a purely humanitarian one. In terms of internal mobility of EU citizens, the dual approach combined national governments managing their borders and restricting movement as a way to arrest the spread of the pandemic with the integrated Team Europe response to the challenges the pandemic brought to cross-border mobility. Even here though, compromises with regard to the movement of agricultural workers from countries like Bulgaria and Romania demonstrated that some member states' economic interests took primacy over the increased exposure of these categories of EU citizens to added risks and vulnerabilities. Overall, Nirvana Nancheva shows in this report that crisis situations, such as the refugee crisis of 2015 and the Covid crisis occurring now, reveal inconsistencies in the EU's application of its policies with regard to migration and mobility, with negative consequences to already vulnerable categories of people. At the same time, Such crisis has the potential to trigger more integrated responses in the longer term. Radu Simpoesh, Kingston University, October 2021. Key learning points. Migration and mobility are intrinsically linked to democracy in the European Union as they apply in varying ways to EU citizenry and denizens and demarcate a problematic boundary between a presumed European demos and third country nationals. Migration and mobility policies concern different domains, non eu nationals and EU citizens respectively, and have been characterized by numerous pressures, priorities and outcomes in the face of the COVID-19 pandemic common feature of the developments across the two domains has been the exacerbation of existing vulnerabilities, both in EU policies and among migrant populations concerned. A visible characteristic of the EU response across the domains of migration and mobility has been the intersection between the increased relevance of national policies and a concerted effort to produce an integrated supranational response. The COVID-19 pandemic may provide useful emphasis and context for the integration in the domains of migration and mobility, as illustrated currently by the Team Europe agenda, and previously by the 2015 migration policy crisis, and thus may have direct implications on democratic processes in the EU. Introduction. Migration and mobility are intrinsically linked with democratic processes in the European Union, both at the national and the supranational level, as they outline policy domains of central concern to democratic legitimacy and to draw a stark stark boundary between citizens and non-citizens. The EU has used the term migration to apply exclusively to policies with regard to third country nationals, whether legal immigrants, asylum seekers, or persons whose status has become irregular at some point of their migration journey. For citizens of one EU country moving to work, study, or settle in another EU country, i.e. intra-EU migration of EU citizens, the EU has consistently applied the term mobility, which has caused a stark difference in its policy approach mostly around implementing policies of non-discrimination against such mobile citizens. This distinction is important to keep in mind while unpacking the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. This is especially so given that different pressures, priorities and outcomes apply to migration and mobility in the EU, all of which affect democratic processes at different levels. The To begin with, legal routes of immigration, for example of third country nationals joining family members in the EU, have been constrained by the non-availability of public services. Secondly, asylum seekers have seen, for the first time since World War II, core European territory declared unsafe upon disembarkation at ports. Thirdly, the curtailment of formal and informal social support has predominantly affected those migrants whose status was already precarious. This applies also to EU nationals in precarious migration positions, as the free movement, among many rights, of other EU nationals has been restricted in attempts to limit access to national territories. What is common across the two domains of migration and mobility is that the COVID 19 pandemic has brought to light numerous hidden vulnerabilities in the policies implemented and among the populations concerned, and has exacerbated more obvious ones. Political and institutional context and response. When we speak of EU migration policy, the ability of EU nationals does not come under this domain. It is hard to avoid a previous context of crisis, the 2015 peak in refugee migration to the EU, which laid the cornerstone of the current EU migration policy. These cornerstones are tied to control of internal borders in order to safeguard free movement in the Schengen area as far as possible, fortifying the external EU land and maritime border, including through normatively questionable agreements with Libya and Turkey and obstructing access to EU territory through a range of measures, along with the return slash readmission agreements with third countries and development aid to prevent the root root causes of migration. If building on the work of Mitre Vermeulen, we take EU migration to compromise three concentric circles Namely, concerning the Schengen states, the immediate neighbors in the Mediterranean and the main countries of origin further away from the EU, we can clearly spell out the impact the COVID-19 pandemic has had on it. As the proposed EU Pact on Asylum and Migration demonstrates, the focus on EU migration policy is external and the main problems with it as per the UNHCR's recommendations, are increasing protection and the EU's willingness to welcome and integrate asylum seekers, indicating concerns with the exclusionary vision of migrant reception. The COVID-19 pandemic has not changed that. Internally, the EU has faced the problem of managing overcrowded reception centres and the need to respond to valid objections to immigration detention in the face of COVID-19, raising concerns with the liberal character of its democratic processes. In its immediate neighborhood, the EU has been seen to compromise on important human rights obligations of international protection, such as refusing access to territory or to protection procedure in order to contain the pandemic despite explicit European Commission recommendations for such measures to be proportionate. In the outermost circle of EU migration policy, where the EU has bound development aid with migration management projects, the COVID-19 pandemic has prompted a consolidation of financial commitments. Finally, in the context of EU mobility, the EU has experienced both the renewed relevance of national politics, as well as a default response to managing the spread of the pandemic, e.g., in national bans on access to territory for non-nationals and renewed EU solidarity in terms of pooling resources and producing an integrated Team Europe response to the challenges the global pandemic has posed to free movement and the common market. Thus, the pandemic has affected the realms of democratic accountability at various levels of EU policymaking. Policy responses. Policy responses along the two domains of migration and mobility have been different, both in terms of content and in terms of impact on the EU. Migration. The template established by the 2015 migration policy crisis to a large degree reflects the EU migration policy response in the global health crisis caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. Its main features, the closure of of external borders and border controls along some internal borders, have also been the first identifiable characteristics of the COVID-19 response. This has had direct implications on access to human rights protection. Some member states banned access to asylum applications altogether, i.e. Cyprus, Greece, Hungary, while others declared their ports unsafe, i.e. Italy and Malta. Some closed their arrival centers, i.e. Belgium or suspended the processing of asylum applications in the wake of the emergency, i.e. France and Spain. Member States further away from the main entry points along the external border took a more human rights-based approach, i.e. Germany and Sweden allowed access to their territories for new asylum seekers. Luxembourg extended the status for applications during their procedures, while while Portugal treated them as regular migrants for the purposes of access to services. This highlights some of the existing discrepancies in the Common European Asylum System, CEAS, for example, the disproportionate pressures that Dublin Three Obligations pose on different member states. Another human rights issue raised by the EU response to the COVID-19 pandemics concerns those asylum seekers already on EU territory, whether in reception centres or facilities or awaiting procedure elsewhere. The closure of access to procedure and of some reception centres has resulted in migrants finding themselves destitute and homeless. Furthermore, conditions in the reception facilities, which remained open, have not been deemed, even by the European Parliament, acceptable in the view of the COVID-19 pandemic, despite EU law obligations. This is problematic because it highlights the EU's shortcomings in ensuring equality in its human rights commitments when they concern third country nationals and particularly those under international protection during the pandemic. Beyond the persisting problems with the implementation of CEAS, EU migration policy has shown much more resilience in its external and main focus. It has pledged immediate financial support to near and far neighbours, e.g., 38 million euros for the Western Balkans, 140 million euros for the Eastern Partnership countries, and 240 million euros for Syrian refugee hosting countries. Since the 2015 migration policy crisis, such financial assistance has increasingly come within migration management rather than foreign aid, precisely because of the externalization of EU migration policies. It has also been an opportunity for consolidating the EU's external presence under the newly conceived Team Europe banner and thus addressing some of the internal discrepancies in the common migration policy identified previously. Mobility. When it comes to the free movement and the mobility of EU citizens, the EU has acted in a visibly more integrated manner in the face of the COVID-19 pandemic. In the wake of the crisis, it consolidated member states' efforts to return home EU citizens stranded aboard through joint repatriation flights under the civil protection mechanism, which was seen as a success. Indeed, the European Commission President, Ursula von der Leyen, did not miss an opportunity to emphasise that in times like this, there is value in being part of a large community. Another integrated response was revealed in the joint EU efforts to enable the free movement of critical workers, i.e. those engaged in fighting the pandemic, but also food sector, the care sector and utility staff. The main purpose of the rules has been an integrated approach to effective border management to protect public health while preserving, preserving the integrity of the single market. While such an integrated approach has overall been welcome during the pandemic, some criticism was directed at the management of the large number of seasonal workers needed for the picking of summer crops, mostly from Romania and Bulgaria, and in the now struggling tourism sector. This emerged, for example, in criticisms against persuading national authorities to lift travel bans during the height of the pandemic in order to fly in agricultural workers from Romania and Bulgaria before common guidelines were agreed. Guidelines were issued in July 2020 where a response to such criticism, but they did not conceal large discretion left to national authorities in implementing the guidelines and sanctioning rule-breaking. Thus, the COVID-19 pandemic has highlighted some of the contradictions of the democratic processes at the various levels of EU policymaking in the domains discussed here. Discussion. One of the peculiar features of the EU's migration and mobility policies in the context of the COVID-19 pandemic is the intersection between the renewed relevance of national policies and the deliberate focus on producing an integrated response at the supranational EU level. The relevance of national politics is exemplified in the crisis response reactions to the pandemic as it flared up across EU territory, closing of internal borders, withdrawal from key human rights obligations or the suspension of human rights commitments, limitations on public services and discrimination against non-nationals mainly non-EU and often in precarious migration positions. The focus on producing an integrated supranational response is exemplified in the consistent efforts to minimize the impact of the pandemic on EU citizens by formulating common guidelines and common policies on key concerns, i.e. repatriation, critical sectors functioning, as well as in acting collectively externally on migration related matters. While the renewed relevance of national politics can be understood as an illustration of the state of the union problems the EU has been battling in the past couple of decades, the consistent effort and integrated supranational response may be an indication that the COVID 19 pandemic has given an impetus and a favourable context for renewed integration in the domains discussed here, as in the previous crisis of 2015. This may further affect the democratic legitimacy balance within the EU. EU migration and mobility policies cover different domains, non-EU and EU citizens respectively. Thus, responses in the two domains have differed in pressures, priorities and outcomes. What is common across the two domains is that the pandemic has underscored existing and hidden vulnerabilities, both in the EU policies and among the migrant populations concerned. Asylum seekers and irregular migrants have long been recognized as particularly vulnerable, so it is no surprise that the pandemic has affected Them disproportionately beyond EU borders and within EU borders. What has been less expected is that the pandemic has affected all migrant communities across the EU disproportionately, even the settled ones and the ones comprising relatively privileged groups of EU citizens. The pandemic has exacerbated their vulnerabilities, whether because of reduced access to public services, economic uncertainty, especially affecting people in precarious and temporary employment, the impact on specific sectors employing large numbers of migrants, i.e. tourism, hospitality, care, and agriculture, or the more complex impact on specific migrant groups, i.e. children, women, and various minorities. concluding remarks the covid-19 pandemic has clearly affected migration and mobility in the eu as well as the eu's policy response across these two domains in turn this has impacted on eu democratic processes as the immediate pres- as the immediate measures as the immediate measures adopted to contain the spread of the virus were suspension of public services, bans on travel, closures of borders and constraints on sectors employing large numbers of migrants and asylum seekers, such migrants and mobile EU citizens saw themselves disproportionately affected by the pandemic and their vulnerabilities exacerbated. This has highlighted the existing exclusionary practices defining both European demi within the Member States and the EU demos as represented by the supranational polity. At the same time, the health crisis has underscored the vulnerabilities in existing EU policies in the domains of migration and asylum. Such compromises, such as compromises on human rights commitments or disparate national policies and preferences, and may have created a context conductive of further integration. Reflecting the impact of a previous crisis, the 2015 EU migration policy crisis, the COVID-19 pandemic has highlighted the benefits of producing common integrated policies and projecting united front externally. Given the continued political will, it may stimulate further integration in EU migration policy and may offer opportunities for addressing some shortcomings of the common market. Thus, the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on democratic policymaking in the EU may continue to shape it in the future well beyond the pandemic. Nevena Nancheva, Kingston University, November 2021.